0: hello and welcome to episode number 372 of the super horror bros podcast i'm your host matt and joining me as always is my brother mike hello how's it going pretty
1: good
0: pretty good we are back, uh, back to discuss a little movie that's uh, we've wanted to see for about what about a month now. Um, mm.
1: Yeah, I forgot that it existed. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, it came out in the madness of Halloween um, mm. on our on our dearest Shudder, um, and yeah, we've uh, I think we've covered a couple of these before. Um, so yeah, yeah we'll we've spoken the... about them
1: all, and yeah. I think we've we've covered two and three.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Like we definitely saw at least three. And I think we saw two as well.
1: Um I'm like, pretty sure as in we, did a show on it. I think we did, because we pretty much watched one independently and mm. then found out like a fortnight later that two was coming out, and then we watched it pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's um so cool yeah, time. we'll get to uh this newest one shortly. Um there is only one news story this week, um, but it is a nightmare. Um <laughs> oh, it, it, So there's there's about I've rolled like all these stories into one because this has on- been ongoing over the last week. It's pretty insane. Um, I've just titled it the Scream 7 Shit Show. Um, so if you don't know any of this news, strap in. Um,
1: this, yeah, this could be fun
0: because yeah this the the main headline of this broke just after we recorded last week so this is like a week old but then it has been good updates that not good in the sense of positive but like more information on the story so at least we can kind of put it all together now discuss like what even is the future of this franchise right now um because it ain't looking good um so yeah to kind of the previously that we've discussed in the news before regarding the future of scream here's the things we knew prior to last week oh i did it was <laughs> so yeah we knew we knew the directors weren't returning we've discussed that yeah um obviously off making a um, universal monster movie scheduled for release in april next year um and then yeah they kind of moved away um however you know spyglass um wanted to continue with the franchise without them so they hired christopher landon to direct the new um upcoming scream 7 of course director of happy death day and freaky um mm-hmm. fantastic films um those are like the main two things and then the other small thing which we've then got a more clarification on now was that it was very unclear whether or not general Ortega was going to be involved in the new film mm-hmm. um there was a lot of rumors about her work schedule and stuff so we've got an update to that as well which we'll get to um but the lead story, um, and why this is a massive shit show, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of it, is that, um, our lead actress, Melissa Barrera, um, who played Sam Carpenter in the films, um, has been fired from the next screen film. Um, so yeah, kind of pulling this from the BBC, um, because this is how big the story was, um, <laughs> Melissa Barrera has been fired from the next Scream film sequel after its makers said her pro-Palestinian social media posts were anti-Semitic. Uh, the star has posted regularly about the Israel-Gaza conflict. Um, production company Spyglass said it has zero tolerance for anti-Semitism. Um, so again, like people can look into that if they want. It's a very complicated thing. Um, this isn't an isolated issue. It's worth saying, like she's been posting multiple times over m- many weeks, um, and and this was just kind of like a thing that then happened off the back of it. Um, so that, in itself is already such a conundrum to kind of talk about, because it's an actor getting fired for talking about something on social media. Um, it's something that like on a personal level, really drives me insane that these kind of actors um insert themselves into situations that they don't need to be a part of, um not even remotely commenting on what she commented on, just being completely general. yeah like m- like my rule is that if you're a rich, successful person, you need to be so careful with what you do if you're said success is based upon you being popular in the public eye. And Mm. it blows my mind that these people just have untethered access to the internet in terms of just firing out their opinions at any given moment on any topic. Um, Mm. How there isn't so many people involved in stopping that, this is going to cost not only her and her career, but so many individuals and so many companies, literally millions of dollars because of this. Mm. Um, again, regardless of whether you think it was the right thing or wrong thing to do, I'm not even remotely talking about that. Um, I just find it insane that this was an issue that did not need to happen. Um, if smarter people had got involved and said, don't talk about this, please. Um, and the fact that there aren't like agencies, like whoever represents Melissa should be ashamed of themselves because again the the reason why i mentioned this wasn't like a one post this happened multiple times over weeks like how people could have seen this coming and the writing on the wall it just blows my mind um we've seen it time and time again you know like gina carano and star wars and stuff like so many examples of this um and then there's plenty of examples of incredibly successful people who don't fucking say a word like you don't know what Joaquin Phoenix's opinions is on anything because he keeps himself to himself and he just continues being a world-class actor and there's obviously plenty of people like that as well
1: um you know it's when we see it with you know athletes and sports mm. stars that like you know send a tweet and it can get them suspended from their sport and you just think like what are you doing like why did you ever get in that situation but I also hate the fact that the world has become this way the you know, like I say, I, I have no idea what she said, uh, the, the politics behind it, or anything. So I'm not commenting on that in the slightest. It's just the fact that it, it frustrates me that, yeah, exactly what you've said that these people are doing it because they know that's the world we're in that that you can get deleted for 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 a tweet that you send, let alone multiple tweets. And so you've you've got to be aware of that as as a mm. person in the, in the spotlight in 2023. This is the world we're in. And you have to be aware of that. And and if you believe so strongly that that's the case, like you are potentially throwing your career away over your beliefs and, and then and you have to make that decision. Mm. Um, but I also hate the fact that you do have to do that. And the fact that these things are so heavily linked and the fact that, because I don't know what her politics are. I don't know what her tweets are. What I know is I like the last two screen movies and I wanted her to be in the most recent one. And and I wanted her to be in the new one. And now that's not happening. So similar to Nev Campbell, where it was like, she wasn't in the most recent screen movie that we really liked because of external things. But at least mm. those were remotely in the film world. And it was contract yeah. negotiations and pay. And I still didn't like that. The fact mm. that now we're not going to get the conclusion of this trilogy you know general ortega for other reasons and then now not you know this shit show for for reasons that are just completely outside of the film world me as someone that likes the scream franchise now doesn't get that character same with mandalorian that we got this where it was like you know just these stupid external reasons for both ways that 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 people in the the media spotlight can't keep their mouth shut when they really should, because that's the world we're in. And I'm angry that this is the world we're in. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like I, I feel frustrated for them that they should just be able to say shit and, and not get deleted instantly. But unfortunately this is where we're at that someone can send a tweet, you know, you they can dig up a tweet. If you're, if you're like a budding actor now, it, you know, mm. um, if you've sent a tweet 3 or 4 years ago that that could fuck you you then become the biggest actor on the planet and they unearth this tweet from 5 years ago that was a joke that you sent on you know twitter and and you you're done you know it's yeah. like you know god god forbid we ever get super famous because this this podcast will screw up mate
0: yeah it, it's so true that what you said of like it, it really is the reality of the situation and yeah. it's the rise of, it's the world we live in now with social media being embedded in everything um i think melissa is of that generation that she's clearly grown up with social media it's always been a part of her life um and so she probably does just view it as like oh you know it's my own personal thing to do with it whatever i want to do with it as everyone has the right to do but like from just a external standpoint. I just don't, un- like, I can't fathom how these actors are allowed to do this untethered. And-, and from a fan perspective, as someone who just loves a lot of content and entertainment, but I couldn't give a, a fuck about what people have to say about certain things. No, and again, I no, that's just me, but, like, I don't care what, you know, Nev Campbell has to say about, other- about things that aren't to do with Scream. Like, I really don't care. And so it is frustrating because we're the know, ones that really get kind of hurt the most is we're just fans of the franchise and the film yeah. and uh, we're going to get into it because there is unfortunately more to unpack here um but this is such a juicy topic that i'm sure we're going to talk about it at length
1: because it really is worth talking about but it is, it's just so frustrating isn't it it really is and that, like, and like i was going to say the other thing that just annoys me is the, <laughs> i don't tweet my thoughts because i don't care enough to put it out there and i'm a regular person that's got time to kill Mm -hmm. these these are like mega rich people i know i don't understand like you've got so much money that you can spend better use of your time doing than sitting on an app being like I don't like these people. I like these people or whatever. Like I say, I'm not talking about what she says just in general. When these people, Elon Musk's one that makes me laugh when I'm like, mm. you're the richest man in the world. You've, you're like, so like got so much that you could do. That's better than sending and not even like buying Twitter or any of that stuff. I'm talking about it's when he sends little pissy tweets. You're
0: yeah. like, mate,
1: just what are you doing? Like, he's replying to trolls on Twitter. And I'm like, you're you're Elon Musk, mate. And like, you know, just all of these other people. And I'm just, when you see these people of influence getting involved in debates like that, I'm like, you are so far above this where you shouldn't be wasting your time. The fact that you've even got a phone. Like if I was that famous, I wouldn't have a phone because I'm just like, there's nothing on there that would interest me. And If anyone wants to contact me, they can go through. So I'll, I'll employ someone to be a voice. Yeah, it, like you know, it, it just it, it it's unfavourable to me that the people, like I say, in that you know level of fame and and have this money would actually waste their time on it anyway. Yeah, as, a, as, a, com- as a side note you
0: know <laughs> yeah I completely agree like you say for people that actually have things going on in their life it always blows my mind how much time is wasted on these things but it really does show that like this social media addiction is a cancer that mm-hmm. like festers in people in ways that they don't even realise and I also think another aspect of this that that's for like normal people as well but I think what, you're bringing it back to like famous people Um, this is a really good reminder that like a lot of famous people in particular actors are narcissists like they live Love giving their opinions on everything. They constantly want that positive reinforcement. They're like, "Yes, what you're saying is correct, and I agree with you." And social media is the perfect outlet for that. You're constantly getting that reinforcement that you're right on everything, and everyone cares about your opinion on every single topic. And it just feeds into that narcissism, and it really is just crazy. Like, so yeah, that that's kind of the first step of this. She's been fired, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. On step one. Yeah, so um, <laughs> there's a small little update here, which I had to throw in because this just also made me laugh because it's, it's perfect how he does not understand the irony with this. Um, but Christopher Landon tweeted about the situation um, <laughs> and then deleted the tweet, which is hilarious. Like, that's going to do anything, but I've got it here in 4K in front of me. Um, and this tweet <laughs> just, just makes me laugh so much because, again, this Hang just shows on. you... Hang on, once you delete
1: tweets, they're not deleted from the internet full stop. It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Exactly. You learn something oh, exactly.
0: new every day. That's not how it works? Um, so, yeah, he tweeted, um, everything sucks, stop yelling, this was not my decision to make. Now again this is someone who is speaking from the heart this is someone who is like just immediately saying his thoughts on the situation um in in again untethered access to the internet so now we all know what Christopher Landon was exactly thinking about this moment but it's like everything sucks yeah I agree with you stop yelling well saying that on the internet is like the most pointless thing you could ever say ever um and then
1: I I love that I think that's (laughs) the best thing you could possibly say on the internet like (laughs) like when you're angry at people and you want them to stop and you tell them to stop it's, it's like it's like when i see people that have got kids and they they're trying to tell the kid to stop having a tantrum in the middle of them having a tantrum mm. and i'm like that that's not how it works
0: that's it... <laughs> yeah it's just so dumb and then and then him uh, saying this was not my decision to make again he's just adding fuel to the fire because he's now putting him he's drawing a line where he's saying like i i personally want melissa to be a part of this film and it's hey, listen guys it's out of my hands and so it Again, it murky's the waters of like, well, what the fuck are you gonna make now? Like, it's just, it just that tweet and there's a reason why it swiftly got deleted. Doesn't help at all, and just adds to the confusion and, and annoyance surrounding the future of this franchise. Which is again, we talked a lot about the social media thing, which I think is really interesting. But like, fundamentally. We're just huge really fans of scream like I fucking love scream so much. And I'm so happy that the new films post Wes have been as good as they are um, yeah. because this franchise could have easily gone the way of like a vast overwhelming majority of horror franchises, which is that they get shitter over time and scream in particular this year is such a huge standout. Um, and I'm just sad from from the franchise perspective the most um, but in the next part of this, as the as the, the shit, story, shit show keeps going, um, one day after Melissa Barrera was let go, um, Deadline reported that, that Jenna Ortega will definitely not be returning for the film. Um, they clarified this has nothing to do with the fallout of Melissa Barrera's firing yesterday over the actress's social media repostings, nor does it have to do with the actress asking for an end to her screen contract. Um, We understand that Ortega's exit from the next Scream was discussed prior to the actor's strike. Um, A script for Scream 7 is not ready yet. And she is due to head to Ireland in April to shoot the second season of Wednesday, um, which will go throughout the whole summer. Um, So, yeah, she was not returning anyway. Um, I have kind of a small conspiracy theory here, which I want to throw in just to add even more fuel to this fire. um, In that kind of... I think they just want an excuse... Um, I think this film was in complete turmoil um, mm-hmm. once the directors left. I think once Jenna's future was then clarified she was not going to be involved, I think having the sisters involved, you can't have one without the other. Um, and even though Sam is clearly our lead, it would have been so weird to her to be like, here's this Ghostface-centric story that is the conclusion to this core four. But my sister just isn't here. She's 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 off partying in Paris for the weekend. Like it just would have not made any sense. So I do think there is something to this. I think it was 50 50 where they were in the midst of reworking it. They had no idea what to do. They already knew they were down one member. So then they went, well, we've now got a reason to fire her. We'll fire her and say it was out of our hands. We've got rid of our two biggest stars. Now you just kind of immediately throw away the other two, basically. And now you can just probably start from fresh um that's my conspiracy theory do you do you think there's any credence in that
1: yeah i mean it's just been a garbage truck on fire for a while (laughs) you know and 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 that's the problem with it um post the the last movie where you know it the movie's fantastic and it's like they've built a new franchise on the the pillars of the core four and then suddenly wednesday comes out and they realize that they got a struggle to get her back, struggle with the rest of them, and 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 then suddenly they don't have a script because they've lost the 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 creative talent as well, and they just think, well, at this point, what's the point? Like, why are we struggling? The glue has already gone, so why struggle? Because cause I think they could easily have the um the the, the brother and sister um in Woodsboro again. And just mm. they've moved back there, and they're just, you know, that they, they could still be there, and it and it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel as out of place if they were just like chilling in the background as less, you know, as secondary characters, but at least given us some lineage. But not not that I personally would particularly want that. But I think you could easily do that. But yeah, the second you have one of the two sisters not in it, you can't have the other. Yeah, um, you know, and and so. Yeah I, I i i don't yeah I can see your conspiracy theory being true, but also just the fact that this has just been off the fucking rails ever since they greenlit it off the back of the movie being a banger, and mm-hmm. then had just nothing go their way ever since. And it, it's it's when I truly hate being in the um like know about these things. Like, I just wish that I knew nothing, and the second they make a Scream movie, because they're going to make another Scream movie, I just see the trailer and just go, oh, okay, they're not in it anymore. Okay, cool. Because I was salty, like, about Nev going into this most recent movie just because it's Nev. And then when the movie comes out and, and you know, we're like, well, yeah, the legacy characters weren't what we were coming back for at this point we were interested in new scream stories and it's like with this if if we get a new scream trailer and it's just like oh okay it's a brand new cast and it's a cool idea like would i be excited yeah because i fucking love scream so you know and i just wish i didn't know all this shit
0: (laughs) Yeah, well I hope we can get to that place at some point. Yeah. But yeah, that is unfortunately not today. Um no. the other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention it as part of my conspiracy theory and then we'll move on to the last piece is um kind of semi related to this. In the last week, um Noah Schnapp, who plays Will Byers um on Stranger Things, he's been involved in this as well. Not Melissa particularly, but but like tweeting and talking about the same conflict. Like say um, Noah Delete yeah, your fucking and, Twitter. And, like, what happened off the back of that was Netflix just said they're monitoring the situation. That was, like, the final update. And, again, I think that's another perfect example we of... Trap him in the Upside Down in, now. <laughs> yeah. Like, God, could you imagine if it's, like, man, I, I know it's, like, Will Byers, but it would be awful if he just got nuked going into the final season, given that, like, he has a story there to be told that we've been dying to see for multiple seasons. Oops. But I do think that, like, one aspect of this, which I find funny, is that if Millie Bobby Brown had yeah. done exactly... what Melissa Barrera had done. There's no way that Netflix
1: is firing her. (laughs) Like, no way. Well, that's the thing. Well, you know, um, it it is is one of these hilarious conversations when, you know, we've had it with celebrities over the years with so many different scenarios where celebrities have done truly horrific things. Mm. They've done quite bad things and they've done questionably bad things. And, you know... Different level of celebrity get deleted for different level of reasons, and even in my own mind it's like you know did it did I ever listen to like Gary Glitter much growing up like nah like so the second I was told that yeah, I probably shouldn't ever listen to his music again, like I'm fine with that and then and then you know then it gets to people that I like more and more, and i'm like I start to question the things they've done to see morally. Do I do I have a problem with this or do I not? You know, it is it's just this weird murky world that we're in now. Like, you know, if 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 a story came out about Rob Zombie or I don't even want to say someone that's passed because I just don't want to put their name in dispute. Let's just say Rob mm. Zombie. Do you know what I mean? If he did something and it was like oh, okay, like how bad does it have to be at this point because yeah. I like him that much? Whereas if it's just like a random director that i liked one of their movies it's like okay cool like i'll never i'll never watch hell house again then fine that's that's okay <laughs> you know whereas if like yeah if it's like oh yeah you, you can't like chucky anymore it's like what come on <laughs> yeah we just have too much compass. access
0: like what yeah. you just we we know too much now about all these yeah. people what they do and especially the behind the scenes going on like you said like back in the day we just wouldn't know any of this um we would only know about the film whereas now we're getting like day by day updates exactly on what is the future of this franchise um and so that is like the final part of this is that um variety kind of did like a heads the state of the film right now um and they said, uh, it seemed to fans like the plan sequel was collapsing in real time. Um, however, even, bore, even before Barrera was fired, plans for the next Scream was being retooled. Ortega's exit had required the creative team to make some alter, uh, alterations, in according to individuals with knowledge, but they had still hoped that the actress might be convinced for some sort of cameo. Um, that's no longer on the cards. Um, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, the writers of the previous two Scream installments, will now work on a fresh draft to present to filmmakers. Some set pieces and tw- Quists may be preserved, but the movie will need to find new protagonists. Um, Now, there is only one final point after this, but I have to just jump in on that because that sentence i find preposterous the idea that some set pieces and twists may be preserved but the movie will need to find new protagonists like the idea that you could just take the carpenter sisters out of this film and just throw two other random people in and every yeah and everything else still makes sense it's like well no because that's terrible writing if that's the case so that that frustrated me
1: um i think i think set pieces is okay because mm. they could be like, oh, okay, they're just going to cut to a sorority house and Buffy, the vampire slayer, gets wrecked by a ghost face. I'm like, yeah, cool. That that could happen. Like, you know, that could have happened in any version of Scream 2 and that would have been fine. Yeah, you like know.
0: the ladder apartment sequence from Scream 6. Like, yeah, that w- yeah. would have worked so, Like, so like with other people.
1: Like, yeah, so I think set pieces. But when it says plot twists, I'm like, that, that <laughs> yeah. doesn't trigger me.
0: <laughs> Definitely. But then, yeah, the final bit, just as, as another hilarious thing to talk about, um i bet you didn't see this coming um variety's report also mentions nev campbell and patrick dempsey as actors the studio may potentially be bringing into scream 7 but they've made it clear that neither actor has been in active negotiations up to this point um dempsey has not been seen in the franchise since scream 3 while campbell
1: didn't appear in scream 6 due to a salary dispute do we even know if Dempsey is like are we, are we saying that then he's her husband?
0: I was going to ask you that, because, yeah, yeah. In, in my mind, we all just assume that that what happened post-Scream 3 was that kind of...
1: <laughs> he just got a little bit creepy and had a movie night with her in Scream 3. We just assume <laughs> that they've shacked up ever since.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, I can't... There definitely obviously wasn't in the last film, but in Scream 5, in my mind, I feel like I've made this up, that when Gail first met sid in the movie she was like "I'll oh, house mark or something like i think like that happened um maybe <laughs> like i don't know for a fact but yeah we are assuming that and and obviously this report would then assume that the writers are assuming that as well um yeah. again this is to me is just another nail in the coffin of like the reason why i love scream six was the moving away from legacy now if we're just going to bring back a guy who is like in scream free you know like he's good we just saw patrick dempsey in thanksgiving he's a great actor yeah. but like we He's not this beloved part of the franchise. I don't want to see more legacy full stop. And then to the idea of bringing Nev after... Deuce, deuce, happened, deuce, deuce, deuce. Yeah, I know. Like, I can't believe that. I mean, I should probably refresh the Scream News button because I'm sure in the last 10 minutes, it's like, Matthew Lillard signed on for <laughs> Scream News. Matthew 7. Lillard
1: bought Twitter.
0: <laughs> uh, what do you talk about this? I might actually Google his name just to be safe. But yeah, like, th- this oh. final part, it- it's oh. just a nightmare. This is not what I want... Um, I said it at the time, post Scream 6, that I didn't want a Scream 7 because Scream 6 was so awesome and I really didn't think they could top it. Um, I know you kind of disagreed where it was more on the line of, well, Scream 6 was so good, why not try and make another one that's as good, which is totally fair. Um, well, Scream-, I- Scream
1: 1 to 6
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um but like yeah i i was just more i was being cautious back then and obviously this has completely changed since then um and i'm even more firm in the belief that like right now everything involved hell no i do not want to see a scream 7 in the slightest do you want to see scream 7 right now And, and especially with this last little i guess give your thoughts on the idea of nev campbell and patrick dempsey making their dramatic return
1: not, not after the last ten minutes we've just gone through. No, I don't want. To, I don't want to see any scream movie, let alone Scream Seven. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm am a sucker for Scream, and and I just think you can make it right. Like, and if you make it right, it's fine. And it, with all of these things, it's like never returning could be cool. Like, it could be like if the right script exists. But my biggest problem is what they've clearly done is we have a placeholder for a scream movie and that placeholder is getting sooner and sooner. And the, the, the production company is like, well, fuck, we wanted scream to come out. I don't know, Halloween 24, 25, whatever it had in its head. And suddenly now we're six months on and we've lost an entire cast directors. We have no script. And is it just going to get rushed and snowballed into this mess? And, and, just shove a load of money at nev and have her in it and yeah that i i hate whereas if they just went do you know what this is a train wreck let's just shelve it we get a banging script that banging script has nev in it it doesn't have nev in it it has it has stew in it it doesn't like i don't care like who comes back or who doesn't if the script's a banger and it and it and it does make sense um because Nev's great. I love Nev. I love Sydney. And and the right script for Nev and Sydney could be okay. I don't know what that script is because I don't make movies. But yeah, that's my biggest thing is that I'm just petrified that they're just throwing shit at a wall right now because they're in <laughs> panic mode. Mm. And and that's not the scream I want. The scream I want is the scream that's right for the franchise. And and I believe that exists in multiple facets. I think it I think it exists with the the sisters that we had in the core four. I believe it could exist with Nev. I I believe it could exist with a brand new cast, but I don't know how to make it into fruition. And clearly no one else does right now that's in the the world of making this this movie. Mm. Um, And that's my biggest concern
0: yeah for sure um i just googled matthew lillard and it's so funny <laughs> how, like there's so many news stories in the last few days with his name in the title um hilariously six days ago deadline <laughs> talked about him signing with a new representation company <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's brilliant, oh, the ahead. Yeah. and then four days ago uh, matthew lillard confirmed Stu is still alive um so that's where we're at with that um but yeah it's just a nightmare um I, yeah, it's just crazy. It's uh, unfortunate, um, and I think the best place to leave it is uh, we should just take a page out of Christopher Landon's book: that everything sucks. Stop yelling. Um, just a, a brilliant quote one one for the ages. I'm going to remember that for many many years. Um,
1: yeah, that's going to be my go-to now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think when you because you made me yell for for a little while then and and you knew you were going to and i think in future when you when you try to trigger me i'm just gonna be like look everything sucks stop yelling and then we can just move on to news much quicker
0: <laughs> I've, actually, I've like done a complete one ae on my thoughts on that tweet because yeah, now i think it's a banger It's it's so shit that it's great um yeah so yeah i'm sure scream is in the right hands with this guy he's not freaking out and panicking at all um
1: I mean, so, it's yeah, pure scream. It's so meta that it that it makes sense. It's so yeah, deep had, when you think about
0: it. We had, we had to talk about that because it was obviously such a huge story. Yeah, I'm um, sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's the, the one thing I the, I had this hair as a note as well as just one other related thing because um, I was thinking about that Universal Untitled Monster film. Obviously, the directors are doing that is coming out in April. Um, <laughs> Melissa Barrera is the star of that film, and. Yeah, well, I was thinking in my mind, like, oh, is it the same production company? Because I assumed it was, um, based upon, obviously, the directors being allowed to go off and do it. And I was thinking, well, if they've just fired her from one project, they're not going to spend millions of dollars distributing and promoting a film where she is literally the lead. Um, But no, um, that film is by Universal, whereas Paramount is the company that owns um, Spyglass. So these are two different companies. So yeah, it is funny that, like, all of this has happened... I mean, I was expecting a trailer and a title for this film like any day now. And Universal, I mean, there's no way that film comes out in April now. There's just no way. Like, it's going to get delayed at the very least because that would mean, yeah, a trailer and a, and we don't know the name of this film that comes out in five months. Um, <laughs> and, and they're not going to release that now being like, hey, remember this girl? Like, it's just, Remember it's... this
1: girl that got deleted?
0: yeah so it's just it's just crazy like i, I couldn't believe this when it, when it unraveled last week and i'm so gutted we didn't get to talk about it straight away last week but i'm glad we've had like a week to kind of see all these updates and maybe i wasn't as angry as i was last week but i'm still pretty fucking angry about the whole thing it's just frustrating from a like i say from a fan point of view um it sucks that we have to talk about all this murkiness you know around something so beloved to us but um yeah, we have to move on. Um but yeah, that is the crazy news this week. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. so yeah this is obviously the uh, the fourth movie in the franchise um but the first kind of spin-off obviously this being positioned as origins um it's interesting because watching the film it to me it just felt like part of the franchise i know, I know we're in like a different place um but it's so tied to the overall kind of lore and story um and that's something that is very overwhelming with hell house for a movie that is just about spooky times in a house yeah and that's kind of what we all love because they do it so well um there is such a crazy lore and kind of deep story
1: throw me every time Mm. every sequel because uh, the you know as, as a brief kind of summary of of the franchise so far like not not synopsis or anything but just like you know the first movie was this like unexpected little gem that was just this fan footage kind of really scary moments and just one that the inner world of fatigue of this genre and spookiness and loud noises it still like hit with us both and kind of when it when we kind of saw that and they said, oh, there's gonna be a sequel and stuff, I thought, oh okay, they're gonna go down the route of just brand another um hotel and 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 you know have it be in fan footage and it can just be a completely different thing or even if it is in the same hotel it will just be very adjacent and then uh, yeah we continue to get these the second and third movie that was just building this lore around the abaddon hotel and when this one got announced and it was called like origins and carmichael manor i was like oh they're finally doing it they're finally going like full just spin off, and it's just going to be in title Hell House, mm, and it's not yeah. going to have anything to do with with the ho- with the hotel. And suddenly, this is this is just a straight up prequel, you know, so interwoven in the lore in such hilarious ways, where it's like you can you can certainly watch this as a standalone movie if you've never seen Hell House, and you can be like, oh, okay, there's this group of people in this. Carmichael Manor and they're getting getting the spookies happen and and you'd have a good time but there'd be so much like bits that are just conversation where they start talking about this hotel and they get this antique clock and all of this other stuff where you're just like why and it's because Mm. there's this deep lore from these four movies and it's, it's one where I feel I feel like it's not the smart choice to build this as a like to get people to watch it but I really respect the hell out of that they're they're leaning into the Hell House core fan base, yeah. which is which is, you know as two people that have seen all of the Hell House movies, I'm I'm happy about because you you know us we're all about that lore and that uh, continuing a franchise. Yeah, um, but yeah, I really wasn't expecting it with this one. That's for sure.
0: No, like the fact that we get so many answers to a lot of things that have you know like those clowns that have been kind of so prevalent yeah. throughout the whole franchise and, and were so iconic in that first movie we really get like so many answers in this film that with like, i i just wasn't expecting i really thought this was more of a hell house presents and it would yeah, feel yeah. like more of a spin-off um it's probably unsurprising then that it, this is the same writer and director of the previous three films yeah. um so it is more just treated as like i don't know to me it's weird that they've branded it this way because in i just don't think it works i think it's easier just to call this hell house four um because we've already done time stuff you know they don't all follow like a chronological order so it's fine to have found footage from the 80s and, and be and that be a part of the film obviously this is primarily set now but like a lot of it is to do with the past but we've had that in all the other films so it's not even like that's a, a distinguishing feature of of Carmichael Manor, the film. It's like they've all done that. So, yeah, I don't really know why they call it Origins because it makes me think, well, like, so are we getting... Do you think we'll get, like, a Hell House 4 and then, like, a different Origins? Because this just... Yeah, this just feels yeah, like equal to the other ones. It's weird.
1: It's very weird. But, but yeah, like like I say, I do respect that they really lent into the lore. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, with, with this, I guess... Um, I struggle to remember with Hell House originally that that was like cold case investigators at some point wasn't it? Um, yeah. Was it the original? or certainly certainly the third one was all to do with that as well but the I, I, I get confused yeah the um, first
0: film was a um, shot as a documentary follows a group of Halloween Haunted House creators as yeah. they prepare the, the 2009 oh, opening of the popular yeah. Haunted Attraction Hell House, Tragedy Strikes on the opening night when an unknown malfunction causes the death of fifteen people, so the film leads up to the tragedy and what really went wrong. So yeah, it, it was like that. But then yeah, we've definitely had the kind of sleuthing angle before.
1: Yeah, like the sleuthers go in there afterwards and stuff. And yeah, like, the second one. Obviously... The second one was a group of journalists who yeah, who went ah, to the Abaddon hotel. Gosh, they went back to the Abaddon, Yeah, okay. But uh, but yeah, like th- this is the same where it's basically this this um the the cold case of the Carmichael Manor is kind of um the 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 family um what was it five or six of them that lived there um two of them got brutally murdered and oh it was five of them wasn't it because Mm -hmm. one of them died in a car crash earlier that year and then two of them got brutally murdered and two of them have been missing for the past you know what years Fifty, sixty years, or something. It was Uh, the eighties, I think. It was was it late eighties? Oh, you're right. It was eighty nine. I remember now from all the um, yeah. So it's like thirty. But um, um, yeah, and and basically um, these cold case investigators are now going there and filming their entire experience. Kind of Margot and Rebecca, who are a couple, and. Who is Chase? Is he the brother, Margot's yeah. brother? Yeah, yeah, because on, are they a couple? Yeah, they're a couple, aren't they?
0: I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't even know that.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you've said it, but like, yeah. I just didn't. No, they, I, are, I, they are, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and um, because that's why Rebecca's kind of like got her other job, and she doesn't really want to go, but she's yeah. going with Margot. And then, and yeah, when Chase first turned up, I thought he was just like a friend. And then he yeah. kept saying like, mom. And I was like, you don't normally say that to friends. You'd normally like say my mum." Mm. And then I was like, oh, wait, are they brother and sister? <laughs> but anyway, they all, those three end up staying in the Carmichael Manor. And um, the whole the whole kind of package of this movie is this is the footage that they recorded that's been found and has been made into this documentary. And I really kind of brought into it early on. It just reminded me so much of the original movie and how much I like that, where it is this package documentary that it feels like I've just gone on Netflix and I've clicked mm. the Carmichael Manor like documentary and I'm just watching it. And we've got these talking heads and we have this footage and it reminded me a lot of, of that, um, what the fuck is that hotel one on netflix
0: oh yeah the one that
1: like basically the the, um, hotel or yeah they they basically did american horror story based upon that (laughs) yeah they did (laughs) and like this felt like that where, where it was just like very well packaged i really enjoyed the interviews at the start i enjoyed like contrary to my my golden rule because my golden rule is don't give me prequels when I know what happens to the characters and Mm -hmm. don't tell me at the start of the movie, what happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. And, but I actually kind of dug it with this. Like I do with these documentaries, because that's what happens in a documentary where the, the movie starts and they're like, well, you know, after after everyone was brutally murdered uh this is the footage we found so i'm like great there's not much hope for uh margo and uh jessica isn't there <laughs> Rebecca, yeah sorry. like i agree right. with
0: you in that, that i love the overall presentation mm. um as this kind of thing put together and with the with the talking heads and everything um and i would also like typically i don't like hair hearing that I hate um it. I hate yeah it. and i think i think for me the only reason why it didn't trigger me as much hair is because I've seen three of these films before and mm. everyone gets wrecked in these films. Like hell house, isn't a back and forth, like a conjuring no. movie or any of those spin-offs. It <laughs> It is just a bunch of characters in distress they until they all get killed. Like there's never anyone that really survives in my, that I can remember. Everyone just no. gets destroyed, which I do find refreshing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wish it was less, less of a curveball because it is kind of obvious that everyone's getting wrecked, but I do like this one straight off the back is like, you know, it's literally the that's why I'm, I'm talking about it very openly in a show that we're quite spoiler worried about because mm. literally in the first five minutes, they're like, Yeah, so Margot and Rebecca, like, they're dead, but let's see what happened to them. And they only survived four nights. And it's like, mm. oh, okay, like, fine, let's see it. And yeah, I really enjoyed the package and, and how it was presented. I liked Margot and Rebecca and I liked their conversations. I, you know, the. It, uh, what what i f- and what i found with the whole movie to be honest was that i really enjoyed what they did throughout most of it and but what they were doing was just delivering on low-hanging fruit where they were just doing the most simple shit that's effective but i found it effective and entertaining and it was like yeah, if this was the first time I ever saw it. I'd I'd be even more so, you know. You know, Paranormal Activity when you watch forty five minutes of the mm-hmm. door moving a little bit and it scared the shit out of you. This this is what this movie does very well, um, and and yeah, just so often, you know, with the clowns as well. When when we eventually kind of they they get to the manor and they're being shown around by a guy that we have no idea who this guy is and and why he has anything to do with the manor, do we? Like, no, no. he's just like a estate agent, caretaker bloke that that somehow, you know... <laughs> just a, just a
0: ghost ghostly presence.
1: Honestly, <laughs> it would have been great if it was somehow worked in that he was a ghost or something. It would have been uh, great. There's always, there's always a future film. There, there is, there is. Um, and yeah, he's shown around the house and instantly, if there's like a locked room mm-hmm. and... He's like, they're like, oh, what about that locked room? He's like, yeah, it's just storage. Like, I don't even have a key for it anymore. I don't even know what's in there. And I'm like, brilliant, what's in there? And movies often, then that would be the finale. You know, the what is in that room is the finale. I, I remember um, with X when they're like, oh, the basement's crazy. And it was also, it was almost anticlimactic when we got there because I was thinking about it for an hour. Whereas the second the bloke isn't even out of the drive (laughs) and they've broken into that room. Yeah. (laughs) and, And again, I really like that. And and instantly they break into the room and there's the two clowns in there that are just terrifying and they look like they're moving at all times.
0: Yeah.
1: Like their heads are just constantly moving but i don't think they are moving but they might be moving i don't know are they moving yeah like, the way, the way they do
0: that time. is such a fine line that they've executed yeah. flawlessly every time they've used those characters yeah where, like i'm staring at them and i'm like i'm convinced it's it's head position is slightly yeah. off to when we entered right. the room but you can't you just can't tell
1: because it, it it's almost like the, the optical illusions when paintings, when you, you know, when you walk in an art gallery, the, the, the eyes follow you right around mm. the gallery. And it's like that with these clans that as the camera angle moves, you're moving in the room and that's the perspective that's moving, but it makes it look like the clown's head's moving. It's, it's yeah. genius. Yeah. It's, it's really so good. Subtle, and it's terrifying and it works. And, you know they they do this and they kind of that modeled with little creepy band symbols and 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 creaks and shadows like just throughout the whole movie was like pretty effective for me where I was like, do you know what if this was what like these spooky movies were all the time like I'd be less annoyed with them because just mm-hmm. deliver on like low hanging fruit because I, I I enjoyed this movie like I um. When 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 credits roll at the end and I'm like, I think the and again, like this is spoilery because I'm talking about the last few minutes, but I'm really not going to go into specifics. But one of my biggest bugbears with the movie is when we get to the last five minutes, they just get sloppy with being let's just have the camera freeze all the time yeah so when a character gets attacked instead of something happening we're just going to get screaming and the camera freezes and like still scary images and i just don't find that effective and i find it really annoying where i'm like do a do a blair witch if you want like knock the camera out of someone's hand and then show me jack shit just show me like a doorstep you know, just a doorstop and and nothing else on screen with just screaming. But don't give me this flickering shit. Yeah, it feels no, so no,
0: artificial and not. Earned. Yeah,
1: like the rest of the movie, the camera is seamless. And the second this happens, and like they're running, it's not like the camera hasn't been through like the ringer in the movie. But suddenly, when the character gets attacked, that's when it's going to start flickering. Like it really does trigger me, and and so the the last like. Few minutes of the movie did annoy me because I think that was probably the worst parts of the whole movie, Mm. um which was a shame because ultimately, yeah, the the really simple scares and, like I say, the really low hanging fruit of just being like, we're just going to be creepy and having the door move a bit and have noises and these fucking clowns, like they work every scene they're in. Like I wanted them to not work, and and. They work when they're not moving, they work when they're moving they they work the whole time for me, where I'm just like yeah they 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 just and 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 to the point where I was and that's why I keep saying low hanging fruit because I'm like, I feel like they weren't doing anything clever, they just had stuff that works, do you know mm. what i mean like, yeah. i don't I don't know whether that's being harsh, but it just feels like there's so many times where it, it, this feels like it should be a, like how to make a horror movie simply where it's like, yeah, just, just like less is more apart from the last five minutes of the movie. And and that's when they tried to do more and just, just didn't really deliver. And I think they should have just had like the brother, like the reveal of the brother, like that looked quite good. And it should have just been stuff like that, you know? And then like I've mentioned before, Blair, Witch is the perfect kind of, way to do it where you amp it up amp it up amp it up and then just end like if you you know if you can't show crazy shit just don't do anything just have it mm. end just have the camera get dropped you know um but yeah but yeah o- overall I-, I had a good time with this movie um it was it was a pleasant surprise
0: yeah um i'm pretty much there why.
1: what's that I don't know why either, because because it, <laughs> it is a pleasant surprise. But I've I've really enjoyed all four of the movies at this point
0: yeah well I mean that's definitely something for me that would be a slight negative which I'll get to in terms of just it being the fourth of these Um, Mm. but like overall yeah I'm pretty much there with you um, and agree with most of what you said I'm probably slightly less positive on it overall um, but I really like early stuff I think all of that stuff is great Um, really like the dynamic between the three characters their reason for for doing it Um, all of those kind of early just it's tension without the payoff but all of those scenes work so well With a creaking door, or like the the hand around the corner at the end of the uh, corridor, was one of my favorites. That just looked so cool. Um, So all of those scenes were excellent, and I really liked kind of them going to the antique shop and getting the clue and all that stuff. It was just really well done. Mm. Um, and we're kind of then getting spliced with stuff from the past, which is really interesting. Yeah. And the um, talking but,
1: heads were really good as well. weren't they? That,
0: that bit is what really sells the presentation. Like both mm. the two talking heads were both brilliant for different reasons. And they, they really sold it for me. Um, and the movie would have definitely been way less enjoyable without those in it. Cause normally they're like the, Oh, here we go. We're like filling time. Yeah. Um, but they were both excellent. Um, talking about the story with like especially with the flashbacks like i really appreciate how much kind of story and lore is in this um because they have built something that's kind of really crazy at this point but like i can't even begin to follow it all Um, me neither (laughs) it's like it's so crazy at this point and i think that if you watch all four of these in quick succession it would be a way better time because you'd get the stuff that we still really like about like the horror execution but you would you'd fully understand the characters and the the timeline so much more than i do you know because i'm half remembering films i've seen once when they came out um you know i've never re-watched any of them
1: and at this point I it really about the clowns for, for a chunk of this movie where yeah i was like oh yeah they are in the original and they're they're in the basement and all of that mm. shit i forgot that they were like exactly the same yeah, I did,
0: and it's like you see them, and but then something like that, it can easily jog your memory because then you just yeah. remember those core cool moments. But when you're when it's like characters' names wow, being referenced okay. and stuff. And obviously, there is just so much lore to this. That's when I just get completely lost. So, like, I appreciate it's there, but I can't really judge whether or not I liked it or not because I just, I could not tell you what was going on. Um, so, yeah, really liked all the setup and that, but it, it did it did start to lose me, this film, um, particularly the final third, when it was just kind of crash band wallop and a lot of action. Like, I didn't find it as effective as, like, the slow, drawn-out, tense scenes. Um, some of them were still pretty good, um, but especially, like, it... When these movies start to go into the two characters just running around screaming, um, Mm. that is when it starts to lose me. And especially when they went outside, um, I love that these films are always catered to, like, indoors. Um, It's something that I think about a lot for the franchise. And when there's, like, a... Like, it's not too long, but we did have a section involving just characters kind of running around in the middle of nowhere and mm. that's always when it starts to feel like you're just watching a shit Blair Witch like that that's just something that's in my head that will forever be there um, when I see fan footage in a woods it's it's just like mm. impossible to disconnect that and it will always feel like a cheap imitation so like I didn't enjoy that part of the film at all um, and then when we kind of got to the conclusions yeah it just was a lot of those those free fr- freeze frames that kind of showed too much um you know i enjoyed it a lot more when it was left to my imagination and it it was probably a little bit too long in the tooth because of that um but i still think it's it's, is decent overall and i another scene i really loved probably easily my favorite scene was like the job interview or whatever it was um on the computer. Oh, that
1: was great! Yeah, yeah, that
0: yeah, yeah. was such an interesting take. Again, where you kind of bringing in like a bit of screen life into this found footage film as well, um, and use of backgrounds, use of cameras. It, it kind of evokes so many different moments in so many films that I love, but but kind of has its own different twist on it, um, with some really good tension as well. So, Ooh. really like that part. Um, one thing to me that did stand out in a weird way, and it, and it's it's strange because this has like never been the case is that i thought the acting um when they were playing the characters was great but when they were playing scared i didn't buy it at all um and it's weird because i thought about this a lot watching just horror films all the time and how like you know you're seeing characters in distress who think they're gonna get killed that's something we see pretty much every week and like for the most part probably all the time i believe it and i've always been enamored with that Where i'm like i can't even begin to tell you how impressive that is on on like a scale of acting where like uh, you're putting yourself in that place where you genuinely think you're going to die and i'm believing it watching it and this was one of the only times i can remember watching a film where i'm like oh no you look like you're playing scared right now um so that did take me out of some of those final moments especially is the one who did the job interview is that that was rebecca right yeah yeah, like her, because she's mainly the one on camera, um, obviously with Margot Film and some of it. Like when she's like, oh, I'm scared. I, I just didn't buy it at all. Um, and that really she took just... me out of those moments.
1: Yeah, she came across angry. Yeah, I
0: don't More know if it was anything. like overacting or what. I don't, I don't get what it was, but it, I just didn't believe it. It was like, oh no, you're, you're like a, it's like someone went and seen. Now you're scared. And it just, it felt that way to me. Whereas again, none of the previous movies have had that pretty much every horror film I watch. I consistently believe the people are in those situations, but it was bizarre to me that that stood out. And I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I did enjoy it overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was in like the good range. And I do think that. The reason why I'm not as hot on this for just a good film is because it's the fourth one. And that is something that just is the reality that we've had four of these in fairly quick succession um, in the oh, last few years. years. Yeah, like, but I think we watched, when did two come out? Um, that was like 2018. Um, um, yeah. yeah, so kind of, yeah, three in five years. Um, that's a lot and they're good and i think that the first one is really strong and then from that point on pretty much they've all kind of merged together where like i couldn't tell you if two was better than three or three was better than two and like they they both had scenes that were really good um But it has kind of all merged together and i think this is an equal part of that where i'll remember that job interview sequence i'll remember the early sleuth in with with enjoyment you know going forward for the franchise but like it is the fourth one now and i you those clowns are exceptional i can't believe how much kind of they're getting out of that like that's the thing that holds up the best going into the fourth film is i really thought like there's no way they're gonna do that again you know those clowns in that basement in that first film and they they still pull that off so that yeah. shows you that 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 is not an issue, but they're I just think they're
1: going to lean in hard on the clowns going forward.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like that was so cool that we got so much story with them. Like again, as someone who cannot remotely comprehend this story, that was something that I could just enjoy as like a standalone thing. Where I was and like, I, think... I know we've seen the clowns, but I don't even remember if they've even been referred to as, like, named characters before. I,
1: think... um, I don't even so... know whether we knew that they were humans in them or whether no. we, we thought they were moving mannequins. You know yeah, what I mean? so th-
0: yeah, so that was something that you could just treat for this film and be like, no, I think I've learned something from that now that actually has added weight to them um, and makes them more interesting going forward. Because
1: so, yeah. initially in the first movie, I think, like, they were just props for for yeah,
0: because obviously in this film we see them like hit them and they're like rubber yeah um
1: so obviously, it's like a... we get the it's almost like they just they are suits that the carmichaels were wearing mm. and then they it, instead of like regular people just hanging them up they put them on a mannequin yeah yeah that's, <laughs> what, it yeah, feels yeah, like.
0: yeah, that's what it's like supposed to be i guess um
1: uh, but but yeah I mean, I guess, because uh, I do want to just talk a little bit spoilery on that. Um, mm. So I don't know if I just want to throw up a spoiler warning. Yeah, I can do. Um, just because, um, yeah, so spoiler alert. for. I don't think it's, like, major. But it's just something that, like, when a movie does something like this, it, it really left a smile on my face at the end when they showed the, – because they, they talk about um, – Obviously, with with the with the kind of sleuthers and and how they're kind of obsessed with um, going to multiple of these houses and everything, and how Margot kind of as a kid was was almost adopted from from a fairground, and like that's why she's now like trying to solve these cold mm. cases, almost like she feels responsible because. Post her failed ab- abduction, multiple kids then got abducted and yeah. from fairgrounds, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, and that like, was great. And and it never got touched upon again. And then, like the last shots of the movie was the picture of Margot that we saw of her at the fairground multiple mm. times, and then it zooms out to show that the the fucking clowns were in the background and they were operating the fairground ride at that grand that she went to, but there was only one of them in the picture as well, which was yeah. even more perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it just gave me chills. Of like, oh, and then like the, my my first thought was, you bastards! Like, I and I just love <laughs> that where they just kind of, it was so obvious, and and I hadn't thought of it, and they even said something like, oh, the most obvious thing is always in plain sight or something. They were saying at the same time, and it it felt like low key like these reveals that we have in these movies you know it's it's not like a saw one twist but it but it felt like a just this nice like oh it was there the whole time sort of thing and and you know who's the killer in a scream movie and those sorts of things it gave me like that that lower version of a buzz uh, where i was like oh i'm just i liked it and and i think like with that it's just a nice way to to keep this law just really tight that it's like the the manor Margot the clowns they're all just linked to this first movie in such an intrinsic way that i wasn't expecting mm. um so yeah i i did i did like it
0: yeah that was great that was such a cool moment and it, it like i say it really does show you that like he has i think if you did watch them in quick succession there wouldn't mm. be like oh, that's a jump, or, oh, they retconned that. Like, in my mind, for as little as my understanding of it is, it seems to all make sense, um, yeah. which I think is definitely a positive. And um, I think
1: they're, they're four, like, different enough movies as well. Like, there's a lot of the same stuff, but plot-wise, you know, we've, we've got the, you know, you have the, the the haunted house attraction going wrong in the first one. You have the the detectives in the second one. The third one had all that, that backstory where they ended up, like, that one got really zany where they they jumped back in time didn't they like do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there was like this jump where they they were in like an alternate dimension almost sort of thing it was really weird wasn't it and kooky but enjoyable and then obviously this one being in an adjacent kind of you know property and everything else i just it doesn't feel like they've just made four of the same movie because i think like paranormal activity for example kind of really felt like they'd just gone down that path quite quickly Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i mean for recommendations i'd say you know th- this is you know i really enjoyed it i think it's a good recommendation i think it's a weird one where with so much lore and everything in it i think i would just have to continue to reckon uh recommend hell house as a franchise and would i recommend watching this on its own i'd probably say watch the f- you know f- if you're listening to this and you've never seen hell house my recommendation is go watch the first one and then if you like it continue (laughs) because i don't think you should just watch this on its own
0: yeah i completely agree it's a really easy recommendation for me of like if you've liked the other three absolutely give this a go um Hmm if you've never seen a hell house movie and you're like oh it's origins is this a good jumping off point in my opinion no um i would not recommend this as a as your first hell house movie i think definitely just go watch the first one
1: Um, the franchise is strong enough in my opinion that you've now got four good movies to watch
0: yeah and it's it's again this is just another (laughs) example of shudder doing things right Um, Because this is like a franchise now that they obviously picked up after that first installment, you know, similar with like VHS, where it kind of had a history before them. And they've kind of like, you know, made it become a franchise. And I think these movies are clearly cheap to make, um, but with very good quality you know and it's on a personal level i would really like to see this writer and director Stephen cognetti do something else um Mm -hmm. because he's done four of these now um and i would love to see him uh, definitely for me do a screen life film based upon that kind of one sequence that i loved i would love to see him take away the camcorder from the hands of characters and, and be limited to to screens and see what he could do with that medium you know being similar but different um but from like a Shudder perspective I think they'd absolutely be like steve do you want to do you want to do another one mate and and i think he's so happy this just being his baby like there's that's the thing for me that is so overwhelming when you watch these films there's such a love for what they're doing like it's so clearly not just a we're just we're just shoveling sequels out for the sake of it this is so clearly a guy who's like he's got the mind map of the next 30 films and he's just praying that he lives to see the day where he can make them all and like i have to respect that that's so cool and very unique in horror these days as well
1: yeah, that's what I really like. That like I, 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 I'm the same. That like I would be happy with him doing either, but ultimately, like I want him just to keep doing these because he likes doing them and he's good at doing them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's
1: fun to see that like you get this you know director continuality throughout the franchise, which is which is uncommon, you know. And and so yeah, I think that's that's great. I think is is Summer of '84 on Shudder. It was at some point, yeah. I'm not sure if it still is. Yeah, those bastards. That's what they... They need to... They need to franchise that. That's what they need to do. I want my sequel.
0: Yeah, let's do Summer of 84 and not do Psycho Goreman. <laughs> <laughs> I want both. I you want didn't both. Even know what you were saying then, and I was getting mildly triggered while you were saying it, but yeah, I agree, because to me, that was perfect. Like, the fact Summer of 94 was written by the absolutely... Perfect ending of Summer of '84. Like, yeah. still one of my favorite endings to any film we've ever covered for this podcast. Mm. Um, amazing film, and then the ending goes. Oh, this is one of the best. Like, just perfect. I- I'm actually. I- it might actually be my favorite ending because I can't think of one off the top of my head that ends so strongly. It's so good because I did not see it coming in the slightest. Not I remember the feeling the... when I first I've... watched the film, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is what the killer has done here." To now, it's like Mind the enough. best. Yeah it's like a happy and a sad ending at the same time it is perfect
1: but the only thing is is that i want to see what happened mm. you know that, that that's the thing i want summer of 94 so badly and when uh, it was just when you were talking about Shudder and how well they've done with these franchises because i do completely agree that they take things out of obscurity like hell house or they take something like vhs and creep show that feels like they they're done um, mm and they they bring them back and i just think like um you know they got summer of 84 and and yeah it's it's such a shame that they that they haven't tried to 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 get that back and you know i guess pg
0: (laughs) yeah well those guys are doing um two other films um so you know they're off doing other stuff but like when was that around i want to say was that like 2017 when we saw that um, um, I believe so, 17 or
1: 18.
0: Yeah, because in my mind, I'm like, I'm more than happy for it to be at least 10 years between those films because I want to see all of those actors age 10 years. Hmm. Um, So I'm more than happy that, it, yeah, it would be awesome if we get that. I, I do think that that's like a pipe dream where the, the plot was so well written that I don't even know if they did it as like a sequel reason. It was more just like the perfect way to end this film. I know what you mean. Having this character just constantly in fear of this guy coming back. But it is genius like the second they announced that i'm like that is a film that i just really want to see in it and i'm sure like the the thought of it is well, will always be better than the reality but yeah, that's, cool exactly to see I was, that.
1: that's exactly what i was gonna say that like mm. that's the problem that like i don't think there's a way that you can visually represent what mm. they set up because yeah it's, it's such a difficult thing to do because i, I don't even know because that's the thing i don't even know what i want you know mm do I want the character to just be in an, in an insane asylum? Do I want them to be constantly looking over their shoulder? And ultimately, you know, um, do they just become Laurie Strode from the recent Halloween movies? I thought that and, was... and I don't I want, want to see this that. Film. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only way you could probably function as a human being. Like, I think the Halloween movies did do that justice. Is to that's probably what that character would become. Apart yeah, from she see. wouldn't have been doing any shagging. To have yeah.
0: there's yeah, there's three like, solutions. There's Laurie Strode. There's padded yeah. cell, or there's six feet under. Like th- those are the only <laughs> options. Yeah. And and neither of those make for an interesting film. So like, no, I, yeah, you can't really do it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I I think the insane asylum you can do. I you know I want another Dream warrior
0: yeah don't we all um but yeah that was our discussion on the carmichael manor i will take a quick break and we will be right back so yeah that is that is it for another week um i, th- I think we're done here because we had a extended had a yeah news segment talking about that whole shit show earlier um Ooh. but yeah unless you've uh watched anything lately you want to briefly touch upon or are we finished here
1: well the only thing i haven't watched anything but i have been having a little listen to something and, and i'm then, almost there yeah. with it now which is the old uh the, the just to continue the little hellraiser conversation that i did go back and I, I have been thirsty for more and I've, I've almost now decided to listen to the scarlet gospels and uh, get the audiobook and it's just as enjoyable as an audiobook as it uh, was a read for me i think it's it's well done it, it it's it's well kind of presented and uh just reminds me how batshit crazy that book is
0: mm. because
1: i i forgot how like i knew i knew like a lot of it was in hell i forgot that like 80 percent mm. of it is in hell <laughs> yeah i thought there was loads more on earth and like with harry and doing shit and mm. really really there's not like he he basically just opens a puzzle box tries to get away from it and then just gets sucked into hell like that's basically what happens like
0: (laughs) yeah it's why that is unfortunately just um, impossible to adapt Um, i know that's
1: what i was thinking while listening like i've been listening to to my car journeys to and from work and like it just uh, i was like i would love this to be a film so much but it's impossible
0: Oh, I don't want to film like I think the only way this would work is as a HBO miniseries I think that's the only (laughs) thing that that would like even come close and even that would be difficult but if Mm. this was 10 episodes with HBO's bar of quality and the right people doing it that they could pull off something special but like it's it's such a magical story like we talk about Hellraiser a lot but like if you are for some unknown reason a Hellraiser fan and you've not been in contact with the Scarlet Gospels like you have to do it it is unbelievable um Like I just still can't believe that exists. I cannot believe that Clive Clive Barker, after all those years, wrote like a fully fledged novel. It's just crazy to me. It's a dream come true.
1: That's what's so sick about it. And um, I mentioned it when I first read it, and you've mentioned it when you've read it recently. But like the way he describes horror Mm. is unlike anyone else. Yeah, he, you know, King has the the level of like being so high with the quantity that he puts out is unparalleled but but clive barker just just the way that he describes horror the way he describes violence the way he describes just everything is just on another level like and for me as someone that's not a huge book reader you know and as someone that enjoys king but has enjoyed the cinematic universe of king more than reading his books um with with clive barker i'm like the with scarlet gospels like i don't feel like it you know i would like to see it just because i like movies and tv shows more but i think he's done enough of a job that he's painted that picture in my brain he's Mm -hmm. so vivid with things you know i've just I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, I'm, I'm in the final acts now. And the way he describes, like, these characters and the situations, this, the, this kind of death room that he's now describing is just, it's so vivid in my mind from his descriptions, unlike almost any other author has been able to do. Um, it, it is really fantastic
0: yeah i completely agree like he is by far my favorite in terms of those descriptions of the levels of violence where i've not experienced anything like it and i really i need to go back um because there's there's so much clive barker material out there Um, i know and
1: i've I've not touched any of it
0: yeah same like there's the um what i've always forget what the actual Oh, was it Cabal, I believe, was what um, Nightbreed became. Like, I really want to read that because I love that film anyway. And I I love to hear, like, his descriptions of all these characters and that entire world that he created. (laughs) I just, I imagine that one is amazing. Um, And I agree with you. Like, his his level of description, I'm totally there with you. And I'm sure it's completely different for both of us because that's the amazing things about Book. But, like, I have that fully fleshed out idea in my head that feels like I watched a film to the point where... When I listen to songs that mention demons in hell, there's a very specific image of hell that I now have in my head that was in my head when I was reading that book. That is like just my go to now of like, oh, that's what hell looks like. And it's and it's not from any other depiction of hell I've ever seen before. It's specifically Clive Barker's description in that book. Like that's how much it left an impact on me.
1: He, it's how he describes the villains, you know, uh, the demons. It's how he describes the architecture, the landscape. Oh, yeah. just, just it's just everything. Where the I'm like, then yeah. that
0: they go into, like the the level of description on the architecture of that mm. one building is just insane.
1: Yeah, you know, but in a way that isn't boring either. Mm. You know, because yeah, if you have half a page of talking about the architecture of a building, I'm not going to enjoy that you know but it's not that that's not what he does and it's just he builds this picture and i think there there was a scene, the opening of the book mm. is incredibly violent and and it, i remember that uh made me feel uncomfortable reading it and listening to the audiobook i felt super uncomfortable and then la- later on there's a scene with norma which is again it i wanted it to stop like it was it was so violent that i wanted the the, the audiobook just to, to skip it, you know, mm. and it's, and, and I think that's, you know, I, I've not had that with the book for sure. And I've, I've and with, with, you know, the, the audio that I've listened to, I've never had that with, with those either. So yeah, it's, it's really good.
0: I get that feeling when I'm reading it as well of like, Clive has just created these characters and they just end up having a mind of their own and like, Ooh. they end up doing things that shock him because he's yeah. the, right the description in a way to you where it's almost like, he is a character where he's saying to you like and it's and it's going on it's doing this and you are thinking like but you're the person who wrote this but you're describing it in such a way where you where you disagree yeah, with it he
1: doesn't want it to happen but yeah, it's just you're, happening.
0: you're mortified that this is happening but you're the one that created it
1: like it's it's so genius like maybe he, he is he, harry demore and maybe he did just witness yeah. it, and he had to document it and write it down and that's what the scarlet gospels are
0: to me that that's like my only way to reason it because he's too much of a genius that I can't think of any other way of explaining it like he he truly is one of the all-time greats in any medium like I don't think Clive Barker will ever get the credit he deserves across all the mediums, because obviously most nice. of his work is in literature and plays. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I made this little film. You might have yeah. heard of it. It's one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And that's like his little, that's not like the thing that he wants to, to be known back to- for.
1: <laughs> no, I need to get that bloody PS2 game that he released. That's what I need to get.
0: Yeah, he's done a few. Um, (laughs) I got The Undying, which was like an old PC game that I used to love back in the day. Yeah, he did that, yeah. Yeah, Um, like
1: I had that and I never played it
0: he he was again like just like the film world got completely shafted because he got attached to so many projects that end up being cancelled yeah. um, similar with what exactly what happened to Del Toro in the last decade where he just <laughs> suddenly was like he was desperate to make games and just every game he got attached to because there are so many games that get cancelled he just got very unlucky and so Clive Barker just kind of went yep see mm. you. and that's it's such a shame that that's also happened to Del Toro like it's so rare yeah. that we get these geniuses from like other mediums come into video games and yeah, I you know, know it's just a difficult world um great, yeah, great, great times time. uh, someone, mm. someone got the the hellraiser bingo right at the last second there for you bringing it up so well yeah done.
1: welcome welcome <laughs> um you know, I, I I was coming up short with some of the other ones, so I thought I'd better bring that one. Exactly.
0: Yeah, we're not just gonna. I'm not just
1: gonna I'm, yeah, I'm not just gonna drop them now. That's cheap. Yeah. Sorry, your one. bingo cards you have to stay empty. Like exactly. you got you got PG. No, that's and... see, it was
0: natural as well. Sorry, <clears throat>
1: that was a yeah, natural, that was natural like one. Well, you got you got your Hellraiser. You know, you got some Rob Zombie. You did alright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we
0: off most of them. We're not giving you that that center bingo card, the obvious one. We're not doing yeah. that this week. Um, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I'm yeah. so close to
1: doing it I saw stuff as well but I'm not I'm not I'm not
0: <laughs> I mean I'm ending the show now um that was episode 372 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later
1: everyone